his job is not to go out there and be my best friend. This isn't the best friend making competition. This is the ultimate fighting championship. I think training camp is for kids. I don't sleep in that tent and I don't eat marshmallows. <laughs> I, I, I train all the time. Tough one. Still here, still strong, and getting stronger. If you're passionate about something, you love something, the more you do it, the better you get. When you go to bed late, you wake up early, that's someone who loves what they do. I don't plan to steal shows, I just steal them. <laughs> I am the champion of the world. Let's not forget this Simon Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Headline with me, Simon Head. And on this show, I'm going to bring you interviews with two British-based fighters looking to kick their careers up a gear this coming weekend. First off, we chat to Manchester featherweight Brendan Lochname, who finally gets his shot on a big show in the States. After agonizingly missing out on a UFC contract after a really strong performance on the Contender Series, he's now got himself a really good contract with the PFL and he's going to make his debut on Friday night, October the 11th at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas in a featured bout against Team Alpha Male's Matt Waggy. That'll be his debut on the big stage. He'll look to make an impression in that fight and then he's going to go on and fight in the season finale for PFL at Madison Square Garden on New Year's Eve. He doesn't get much better than that for the Mancunian who's waited a long time for his big opportunity. Now he's got it. He's looking to take it with both hands. Two featured bouts for the end of this year. Then he goes into the $1 million featherweight tournament in 2020. So we'll have a chat with Brendan. I've got him on the phone as soon as his fight was announced. Had a good chat with him as he looks ahead to this weekend's fight. Also on the show, we talked to the Black Mamba, Yannick Bahati, former EFC middleweight champion, former Bama middleweight champion. Now 1-0 in Bellator, having picked up a first-round submission win on his Bellator debut, and also now competing at a more natural weight class at light heavyweight. Yannick Bahati has himself a main event slot at Bellator Milan this weekend against Melvin Manhoof, MMA royalty, a legend of mixed martial arts and kickboxing from years past, still doing the business at 43 years of age. He's in the main event and he's taking on Yannick Bahati. I had a good chat with Yannick, whose life story is a remarkable one. Coming through the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, as a youngster, moving across to the UK, discovering MMA, and now having won two big titles. He's now looking to make a real impression in the Bellator cage. So that's what we have for you on this week's show. We'll kick off with Brendan Lochnane, then we'll move across and have a chat with the Black Mamba, Yannick Bahati. Two really interesting interviews. Hope you enjoy them both. Here they both are. All right, and Brendan, you've got yourself a fight. PFL, tell us all about it. It's the big debut. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's the one you've been waiting for, right? Tell us all about it. It's uh, an absolute dream come true. Since I was a little kid, all I've ever wanted to do, since I first went to Las Vegas when I was, what, 21, all I've ever wanted to do is fight in Las Vegas under the big lights. And, uh, yeah, Mandalay Bay, um, the scene is set for an epic debut and yeah mate I could not be happier I'm on good wages I'm fighting a good level of position and I'm fighting in Mandalay Bay so who have you got? so I'm fighting a guy called Matt Waggy. I was supposed to fight someone else um, they actually had a fight three weeks out and got injured so um, he's been brought in um, and what makes this interesting is he's Uriah Faber's prodigy from Alpha Male and uh, we obviously know my ties with Dominic so 
and all that adds a little twist to the belt, doesn't it? So you're going to have Faber in one corner and uh, Dom Cruz, is he going to be in your corner? He's not because our other friend is actually fighting at night on Combate America, so he's, he'll be over there with him. Um, obviously, I'll have my team, so he's pretty busy. He did the last one in Vegas, but he's busy for this one, so yeah, um, it'd, be, it'd be funny to see if you're either. It will be on ESPN televised, so that'll be good news for everyone back home. We'll be able to tune in somewhere. Excellent. Yeah, I think I think what they do, I think they stream them on uh, on YouTube. I think you can watch them. Oh, live. I think you can watch the event based on sort of the regular season stuff. Assuming nothing's changed, I think they show them live yep. on on uh, on YouTube, so uh, people will be able to stream it and cast it onto a big screen and all the rest of it. So um, hopefully it'll be, oh, nice, be nice and easy for people to watch. So you know we've had all you know we, we we've spoken in the past about going through the process and obviously you know the, it, this story kind of started when you went on the contender series and then. There was all manner of all manner of things happened after after what happened there, and you know you were entertaining offers, and and you know the PFL came in, and you know you, you you've signed with them. How have things been since then? I know largely it's probably just been preparing for the fight, but I mean, what's life been like, and how's it been now that you're, you know, you've got yourself a contract now. You're you know you're part of one of the big organisations, as you say. You're going to be fighting in Vegas. I mean, how have things changed for you already? Um, well, like you say, you just touched on a few things there. First thing is, I'm signed to an organisation, which is massive for me, because I've been all up in the air over the last few years. Am I going to go here? Am I going to go there? I was waiting for a really good offer, uh, which finally came, um, obviously, on the back of what happened with the Contender Series. Um, and, you know, this was the real fitting offer. Where else can you earn a million dollars in six months? There's nowhere else. So, you know, I thought I'd get my name in the hat, roll the dice, and really have a go at this thing. And um, PFL give me a good signing bonus. They got behind me and I'm the only European over there at the minute, I think. So, um, or the only English guy, sorry. So, you know, it's, it's a good time. And, you know, they want to get this market also, I think. So, um, you know, why not, why not? I could, you know, I'm going to go over there and I always put on exciting fights, 13 knockouts. So I'm just really excited to have all my friends and family in Las Vegas watching me fight at the Mandalay Bay. Absolute dream come true. Cannot wait. And, uh, am I right in thinking you've already been able to to put some of that some of that signing bonus to good use, you've uh, you've paid your mum's house off. Is that right? I mean, that was another thing. I, I did have a goal to do that when you know the right paycheck came in from MMA. So it was just a fitting thing that when it did that I'd done it, and um, you know it's just shown that uh, you know every cloud has a silver lining, uh, and it, it was you know it was really nice to be able to do that. Uh, so so now it's all onwards and upwards now and uh, that's just the start for me I want the million uh, this is just the starting you know that signing bonus was just like it's the icing on the cake to what this is going to be for me this is my new journey uh, I'll also be on the New York um, Madison Square Garden New Year's Eve card um, and you know when they came to me and said you can fight Mandalay Bay and Madison Square Garden before the end of the year my eyes lit up so yeah I'm over the moon Simon and with regard to those two fights, obviously those two fights are non-tournament fights, right? So does does your performance in those two fights have any impact on your participation in the tournament next year or is that all locked down already? No, I'm locked down. I'm definitely in the tournament. But listen, I'm out here to make statements, especially after the last thing what happened. I'm out here to knock people out and that's usually what I do. I have absolutely no idea how Bill Algeo stayed in that fight and didn't get knocked out last time. So, listen, I've been, I've been looking to put a stamp on this. 
Uh, this guy's no bum. He's only lost two out of his last ten fights. Um, he comes from a very well-respected gym, but I'm coming for straight savagery knockouts. And uh, as you say, I mean, big stage, Las Vegas. Once you get into the tournament uh, structure of it next year, you know the fights will be coming thick and fast. And I know previously in your career, you've you've had issues with trying to get opponents, and you know you've had fights fall through and all the rest of it. You're now in a position where not only do you know that you're going to be getting these fights on on on, on a regular basis, you're also going to know who you're going to be fighting. I mean. How exciting and, and refreshing is that for you, having gone through the last few years sort of bouncing around trying to get fights and people pulling out or injuries kicking in and now you you know, the runway is gonna be laid out in front of you in twenty twenty. Oh, listen, it takes so much stress. I spent a full year without a fight, starving all year round to try and take a short notice to be able to get a fight and uh yeah, it was a really difficult time and now I'm up against straight savages with crazy records like 33 and one, Andre Harrison 21 and one, like really good high level opposition. I'm going to fight five of them in the course of six months, and nothing gets me more excited than fighting twice in one night. Um, I'm just really excited now. I'm at 29 in my prime, as they say, and I'm just really excited to showcase myself to the American audience on ESPN prime time on a Friday night, um, and this is the stage that I was made for. Perfect, and uh, obviously, you know the, the you know the hardcore fans who will have seen you back here uh, in in England and in on the, on the European scene. There'll be some who have seen you in that in that contender series show. But hopefully, you're going to be putting yourself in front of a whole new audience and a much bigger much bigger audience once you once you start fighting in the PFL and, and fighting on ESPN. For those people who've never seen a Brendan Lockdown fight before, what are they going to see when you step into the cage on October the 11th? Well, this will be my, what, 21st professional fight, um, 17 and 3. Even them losses are controversial. You're guaranteed an exciting fight, 13 knockouts out of 17 wins, um, and I'm very confident that I can get Matt Waggy out of there. So yeah, you wanted. I think you asked for someone like Chris Fields or Carl Moore in Dublin, but you've got a legend in Melvin Manhurf in Milan. So I mean, how happy were you when you when, when you got the call? Yeah, obviously when I got the call, I was over the moon. You know, uh, fighting a legend like Melvin Manhurf is a dream come true. Um, who don't want who, who wouldn't want to fight Melvin, a legend such as Melvin Manhurf, especially on uh, main event on uh, Channel Five. You know, so that's a dream come true. But uh, in the end of the day, I had the obviously me being signed to Bellator now. Exclusively, um, uh, I had a little bit of a hit list of who I wanted to find in the future. I had obviously um, uh, Alessio Zakara, I had obviously Carl Moore. I also had, believe it or not, I actually had Melvin Manoff on that list and uh, me to game first. You know, I definitely didn't expect that, but uh, you know, I just hear jackpot, so why not? That's fantastic, isn't it? And uh, you say you're going to be you get you're going to be getting top billing on Channel Five as well, so that's like a an added bonus for you. You must be you must be over the moon with that. Yeah, exactly. Especially on Channel Five. Obviously, Channel Five is very big here in the UK, and uh, me and men eventing down Channel Five here for Bellator in Milan. That's uh, that's another uh, another bucket list bucket list for me to take off, please. And 
that's probably going to involve doing a, a whole truckload of media and stuff in the lead up to the fight. You, how, how, how are you with doing all of the media stuff? Is that something that you enjoy doing or is it something that you're going to have to get used to? Um, to me, I actually love all the media. I love the build-up. I love the Wayne. I, I love all the... I love everything about my to be fair. And the media for me, that's just another another top thing for me that I like doing. Obviously, me, me coming into this far, I'm coming with a background with being a two-promotional uh, two, uh, world champion. So me doing a lot of media, men eventing, common eventing, it's nothing new to me. So I'm used to being in the spotlight, uh, which, which, which I like. And uh, so, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't mind the media at all, to be fair. I actually love it. I love the whole thing, you know? So, yeah. Brilliant. And talk to me about your, your martial arts journey, Yanni. I know um, you were born in the Congo and then you ended up moving over to England. Is that where your martial arts sort of started? Uh, originally, yeah, I was born in the Congo in, in uh, DRC. Um, obviously, I lived there for quite a while. Um, I, I speak Swahili and French. And uh, obviously, in the Congo, there's lots of war. Me, myself, I've been involved in uh, three wars as a youngster. You know, seeing grown men die in front of my own eyes, you know. And uh, obviously... Um, Living in the Congo and the best or safe environment for a young kid and opportunities. So obviously my dad and my parents decided decided they wanted a better living for us. And uh, eventually we obviously moved into the UK. Um, um, I went to school here in the UK. Um, in my early teens, 15 years old, 16 years old, I started doing boxing, competing in boxing as an amateur, in the ABAs, in nationals. I've done all that. And uh, eventually as I grew a little bit older, when I was 19, 18, I moved, into, I moved to Birmingham, which, which the city that I live right now, um, for university. And while I was here, I started learning uh, mixed martial arts. The same gym as um, uh, number four, number three ranked uh, UFC fighter, you know, Walter with Leon Edwards. So yeah. we all started around about the same time. He started be about a year before me, but we've basically been training together for pretty much from the start, really. So, yeah, that's what I would say, yeah. So, so how old were you when, when, when you moved to England initially? Ooh, I'll say it was 2000. Okay. 2000, yeah, so that's quite a long time ago. I'll right? say so maybe 11, okay. if I'm correct, yeah, by 11, by 11, 12. Okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, so when, when, when you started training uh, martial arts in Birmingham, you were still studying for your degree at the time, right? So you were just doing it for recreation, is that right? And then you saw Yes. So Obviously, me, me coming from an African family, education is a very big thing in an in African family, so uh, all the parents started to push the kids uh, through education, college, you know, school, university. So obviously me being in the same scenario, I went to university in Birmingham. Um, I got a degree in two one in uh, business management. And uh, while I was here, my degree, I was training at um, at the old gym called UGC yeah. here in Birmingham. Yeah. And what? Where was that? Do you remember the moment, or what was the point where you decided, right, this is a career for me. I'm going to go down the I'm, I'm going to become a professional mixed martial artist rather than, say, taking your degree and going down in, you know, moving into the business world with that instead. Uh, for me, from a, from a young age, you know, from three, four, five, three, four, five, six, I've always been interested in fighting, you know, in martial arts. I used to watch uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme film with my dad, you know. I used, I've got lots of cousins and cousins from the Congo, so we used to watch uh, the Mike Tyson films when he was boxing back in the 90s. In the 90s. Yeah. So I grew up watching a lot of my ties. So that's how I got into, obviously, into um, martial arts and stuff. And obviously me moving to a new country, uh, being an outsider, uh, a school, outside of school, uh, not being able to speak the, the language very, very well. You get into a lot of street fights, you know, a school, outside of school. So I got involved in a lot of street fights and stuff growing up here in England. 
But for me, uh, in general, you know, fighting is in my blood. As I said, I, uh, from a young self, I've seen grown men die in front of my own eyes, you know, being in war. So I don't mind fighting at all. So, you know, when I was growing up here in England, I used to get a lot of street fights. But to, to, be, to be honest, I didn't mind fighting in the street. Uh, I enjoy fighting. I love the competition. I love the rush of fighting. So, either fighting in a cage or in the street, it wasn't something that really, you know, bothered me or anything like that. So, so yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, you were training at what was UTC. And now that's now yeah. Team Renegade now. And, and yeah. you know, as a, as a team, you're absolutely flying, right? You've got Leon doing the business in the UFC. Fabian's yes. m- making waves in Bellator. You're making some waves in Bellator. And as you say, you all, you know, within within like a year or so, you, you, you kind of all started roughly at the same sort of time and you sort of, you've grown up through your careers together. So how much does it mean to see all three of you doing well? I know, you, you know, you quite often you'll be cornering each other for, for fights and it isn't just one of you having success. All three of you separately are all having your own journey and you're all gaining success. So, I mean, how, yeah. how, how valuable and how, how rewarding is that to be a part of a team that's having success rather than just one person? Um, obviously, as I said earlier, when I moved to Birmingham, the first gym that, uh, MMA gym that I trained at was obviously the UTC here in Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, that's closed down now. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of politics go into that. That's closed down now. So, yeah. But me, uh, Leon, Leon Edwards, his brother, Fabian Edwards, uh, Von Lee, who was also who fought in the UFC as well. Yeah. Came from that gym. We've also had uh, Paul Taylor from the UFC who came from that gym as well. Mm. Uh, we've got uh, Nafas Fedricks who is fighting for the current um, cage rowers middleweight middleweight belt right now. He fought yeah. for a last fight, but he got a draw, yeah. so he's having a rematch. Um, we've got we got little Jake Hadley, flyweight. You know, he's a current current uh, flyweight champion in the EFC in Africa right now. Uh, all of us come from that same gym. Um, uh, obviously, with the gym um, closing down. We've all uh, re- relocated to Team Renegade now. Originally, that was a grappling gym. We used to go there for our grappling. But since with the gym, with the UTC closing down, all of us basically just moved there. And uh, we made that more into an MMA gym. And uh, all the guys are doing very, very well, as you said. Uh, we are guys in pretty much all the top shows in the world, such as UFC, you know, Bellator, KJORS, EFC, you name it. We've got uh, top quality lads, you know. And I think that's one of the great things about our gym is... Uh, we all surrounded by, uh, by great athletes, young guys that uh, we all basically have the same dream. So we push each other in the gym, and also obviously um, we help a lot outside the gym, like in cornering and giving advice and, and so on. So, with with, with the situation with, with UTC shutting down, and then all of you as a group sort of up to moved and virtually created a new. We you kind of took your old team, but created a new team almost, uh, Renegade. Who yeah. who sort of. Who sort of led the way with that? Was there was there one of you? Or was it like a group of the the more senior members of the team said, "Look, let's see, let's see if we can do this. Let's all go." And I mean, how does how did all of that work? Um, obviously, as I said earlier, with the UTC closing down, uh, originally the, the gym UTC closed down, and then they're relocating in a different city. Right. And obviously, there was a lot of politics going on. None of us wanted to join them. Right. Follow them anyway, so we had to find a new gym. And as I said uh, earlier, all, me, Leon, Fabian, um, we were all already at uh, Team Renegade doing just jiu-jitsu because yeah. it was a purely uh, grappling gym. So I was doing a grappling there. So it just made sense that we we'll moved there. Um, originally, then I've had a cage, so we bought in a cage and put in a gym. So now we're doing all our MMA training there. It wasn't more like one person. It was just literally that was the 
the the common idea to move the ages made sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So plus we, we got on well with the guys that were there. Uh, we got Chu, who's a black belt, who's a black belt Jisoo. They've been pitching there for quite a while. He's, he's a Braille Steamer black belt. He was actually the first, he was Braille Steamer, uh, first black belt ever. Yeah. Uh, Tom Breeze from the UFC, he's the head coach at that gym. Yeah. So we knew, and we obviously, me and Tom Breeze, and uh, we're all from Birmingham from the same city. So it just made sense for us to be there at the same spot. Brilliant. How is Tom? How is Tom? Because I know he, he's sort of taken a step back from fighting at the moment just to concentrate yeah, on coaching, he, right? Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's all right. He's in the gym now. He's still training. He's in the boxing. He's doing his, um, his grappling. I, think, I believe he's got a grappling tournament with uh, Lee Chadwick from Bellator. Okay. Coming up soon. I believe so. Oh, is that the Polaris? So, is that the Polaris event that's coming up? I'm not too sure what show, but I know he's doing, he was, he's supposed to be fighting Lee Chadwick okay. from Bellator in a grappling tournament coming up soon. So I know he's training for that. Uh, but he's doing, he's doing well. He's doing really well. He's got a little daughter, so he's focusing on that as well. Oh, that's good to hear. I always, yeah. always, get, always get on well with Tom. It's been a while, obviously, yeah. with him sort of stepping back from, from, from MMA. I haven't seen much of him. So, no, that's good to hear. And, yeah, he's a good lad. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you, you, you've held championship belts with Bama and EFC. I mean, given given that you know you, you're you're African born and bred, how much did it mean to win your first major title in in Africa for EFC? That must have been pretty special. Yeah, for the, that that felt very very special. Obviously, me uh, me, me being, being born from the Congo, which is not only a few hours away from uh, South Africa, and uh, you know it's a big dream come true. You know, fighting for my yeah. Obviously, when I when I when I'm, I'm always fighting usually in Europe and uh, over here. So me fighting Africa. That was definitely a big dream come true. You know, my pet, my um, cousins and family members from the Congo managed to get a flight and see me win that world title, which obviously meant uh, a lot to me, of course. And uh, you followed that up with, with with the Bama belt, and things have gone on since yeah. then. And you you know you're in you've got that you've got that exclusive deal with, with Bellator now, and you've got Melvin next. Now he's he's obviously the biggest name that you've ever faced, right? But you've had yeah. title, you know you've had title fights though, so. Yeah. Where does this one is this the biggest fight of your career? Would you say? For me, definitely, this is the biggest fight in my career. I know I fought for major world titles in the past and I won and defend them belts, but uh, especially you know me, as I said to you earlier, and you said as well, uh, me winning the EFC belt and then uh, winning the Bama belt. I actually hold hold. I managed to hold both belts at the same time, you know, which is you know something that I'm really proud of. And then obviously, I went I went a little bit on a downfall after that. And then me coming back now here, uh, moving division and uh, fighting a lot heavyweight. It feels like I've got a new life, you know. I've got a win now, a lot heavyweight now. And uh, now it's like a second chance pretty much, you know. It's another opportunity, that I've, it's another opportunity in my career, you know, fighting a legend in Melvin Manoff. And uh, I believe uh, this fight by far is the biggest fight I've had in my life. And uh, like my coach told me, I was speaking to my coach when I got offered the fight. And he said to me, um, uh, in the end of the day, Yannick, this fight is a meal ticket, you know. Yeah. It's a meal ticket for your family, you know, for my kids, you know. So you know, I, I, I get this win out of the way. It's gonna, you know, so only good things are gonna come from this win. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I was gonna ask you about about the change in weight class. Quite often, when 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 I talk to fighters and they've moved up a weight division, it's almost it's almost like a sigh of relief. You know, the weight the weight's been lifted off their shoulders a little bit. They haven't got to kill themselves to get down to the weight. And more often than not, they they, they seem to they seem to perform better once they've moved up. Do you feel do you feel better and stronger at two hundred five than you did when you were cutting down to one eighty five? Um, by far, by far. Um, um, my team is. I remember when uh, years ago I had um, in two thousand and 
2012, I had ACL surgery on my knee right. in the past before. And uh, obviously rehabbing that knee, I was out, out of fighting for two years. And I just grew, you know, because I was lifting weights, relaxing. I wasn't worrying about trying to keep my weight down for them two years. And I just grew and grew and grew and got older. I got really, really big. And uh, I remember when I once saw my knee was, was fine two years later um, after the ACL and getting signed to the EFC, uh, making my, mid, my, middleway, my middleway comeback again. I remember all my, Leon, Leon told me this, my coaches told me this. Uh, they told me that I think Yannick, you're too big now. I think you should fight uh, uh, at the La Heavy division. And this is three years ago they told me this. You know what I mean? So looking back, I should listen to them and just moved up. Uh, to the heavy, but I was just be too stubborn, you know. I wasn't losing, I was winning. So, you know, they said that if, if, I bro- if, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I had more that, that type of mentality. But as I grew older, you know, carrying a lot of weight, and me growing older now, you know, you know, it became more difficult. And not just difficult making the weight, because uh, I'm, I'm, ve- I'm very disciplined, I eat clean, you know, I live my lifestyle well. So making the weight wasn't too much of an issue yeah. to me, you know, because I'm disciplined. But then, you know, to rehydrate and, you know, uh, getting back in the cage healthy, you know, there's a difference between making a weight and performing at the weight. And I believe me fighting at middleweight, you know, I was just killing myself, you know, I couldn't take a punch. It affected my cardio, it affected my strength, you know, it affected my lifestyle, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I have to go sit, when I go to a movie, to watch a movie, there's me eating nuts, uh, almond nuts, cashew nuts as a snack instead of having, you know, <laughs> something a little more pleasing, you know, it just, it, just, it just ruined my whole life, to be fair, you know, it became... Like a whole life, a lot, like a big, massive life, lifestyle change, and uh, and after after a few losses, and I fought in Poland for KSW as well. Yeah. Uh, that, that that fight, and when I lost my Bama belt, them two fights were probably one of the worst weight cuts um, I, I've ever had in my life. Personally, looking back, I, I should have been even fighting. Maybe I should have even just pulled out or even missed weight to be honest, because that's how bad it was. And, Right. But, you know, I'm a man of my role. I signed a contract to fight at 185, so I made the weight and fought like a man. But looking back, it wasn't, for my own health, it wasn't really a good idea. But as it, but me moving up now, you know, it's like a new life. I'm, 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 I'm fresh, you know, I'm strong. And my cardio is actually going even better, which is crazy. You know, I don't have to do my, my drastic weight cuts, you know. I'm looking good, I'm feeling fresh, and uh, I believe uh, this weight is my weight. But i got to be careful, you know. <laughs> Lately, I've been enjoying it. The heavyweight life still a bit too much. Yeah, I might be close to heavyweight soon, so I need to be careful a little bit. You know, so yeah, I gotta be careful a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know um, you know the uh, the KSW fight. There yeah. was a, there was a there, there was a long gap between that fight and the next one. I think you probably just just looking at looking at your record. Oh, yeah, yeah, you had, you had yeah. a couple of fights scheduled that, that that fell through for whatever reason. Yeah. So you had that yeah. long you had that long gap. And then yeah. you had your light heavyweight debut. It was in Birmingham, which is obviously perfect for you. And, yeah. You know, you got yourself that, that, that first round finish as well. I mean, talk to me about the emotion of, of, of that fight because, because of what had happened before. You know, you had, you had those losses and, you know, you realized mm. that you needed to make changes. But when you're making changes, you're making them in the hope that you're going to get a positive, a positive improvement, right? But you exactly, don't, yeah, exactly. But you never know until it happens. So you go in there. You're in your hometown. You get the win. You get the first round stoppage. I mean, talk to me about the emotions of that. Obviously, like you just said, uh, I went for one year with a fighting. That wasn't by choice. You know, I, I had three, four fights uh, cancelled. You know, I, I've actually had, I did three camps. Forget about fighting camps. I did three full camps, eight week camps. 
Yeah. And uh, all three fights the last week, something happened to my opponent, either injury or medicals or something. You know, I done full eight weeks camp, and then the last week, uh, my opponent pulled out. And all these fights were at uh, I like my to make my heavy debut. So looking back, I'm actually happy. You know, oh, I'm not happy, but in a way, I'm happy in the sense to where I did them three camps at heavy, but every camp just got better. And better, I got used to being heavy because I'm in the first camp when I was supposed to fight on cage. Was that was that was officially my first fight? I like it in my hometown in Birmingham as well. Yeah, and my opponent pulled that one, but that camp was terrible. I was just too heavy. I was getting injured all the time. I just wasn't used, wasn't used to training at that heavier weight, especially me doing all the stuff that I was doing in middleweight. Uh, heavier weight, it just got me getting injured. But then obviously, I learned from that from the next camp to the next camp. And then obviously, as you said, finally, I got a fight in Birmingham in my hometown. Uh, in, the, in the same city, the same venue that won my Bama World title in 2016. So, you know, that was like, I couldn't, a, a scenario couldn't be, couldn't be bad, you know what I mean? Flying at home in front of your own people, your family, your friends, there's, there's nothing like it, you know? So, yeah, it was a bit, definitely, definitely a, big, a big dream come true, especially getting a first-round finish, uh, getting, the, getting there fast and getting out there quick. You know, I couldn't ask for a bad scenario, to be honest. Yeah, brilliant. And- that sets up this next one, right? So you, you know you're heading to heading to Italy in a couple of months' time. You have got Melvin Manhurf. You know anybody who's been anywhere near MMA over the last twenty years will know who Melvin Manhurf is. So of course, you know it's yeah. it, it's a huge fight for a light heavyweight. He's quite short. He's got a low center of gravity. He's very explosive. Yeah. How are you going to deal with a challenge like him? Because obviously, you know when you're facing a power striker and you've got the the sort of grappling credentials that you've got. The natural thing is get him off his feet, but he's very low mm-hmm. to the ground to start with. So you've, yeah. got to, you've got to try and close that distance and get in. So, I mean, how do you go about dealing with someone? Because he's got kind of a unique style for the weight class, right? Um, uh, yeah, when I originally, when I got off of the fight, um, I was over the moon. I was happy. I, you know, I'm fine, Melvin Manoff. You know, that's a great name to have on your record. Uh, but then when I told the rest of the people, like my family, my friends, uh, I've got a fight, I've got a big fight, a good one, you know. They go, who are you fighting? And I say, it's Melvin Hanoff, you know. The, the face, the look on their face was just hilarious. They, they literally were petrified for me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean? So the look on the face, they're petrified, you know. So it was, it, was a bit, it was a bit hilarious to be honest. But it is what it is, you know what I mean? But I'm up to the challenge, you know. I'm, you know, a fight is a fight. Melvin, any day, is human, you know. He's got a chin, he's got two arms and two, two legs, so... You know, big deal. Like, but as you said, obviously, me fighting Melvin Manoff, uh, everybody knows what Melvin Manoff brings to the table. You know, he's quick, he's explosive. And I believe he's got 30 wins, 28 KOs. That's at least 93% knockout ratio. So yeah. uh, I don't believe he's submitted anyone. He's never, I don't believe he's submitted anyone in the past. So that's something to look at. But at the end of the day, the game plan is simple. Um, I know uh, you, you'd think that, okay, let's take Melvin on the floor, this and that. But what people don't know is Melvin himself is actually got a brand belt in uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one thing. And another thing, he's very short for the weight, weight division. I believe he's like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, so, you know, shooting for his legs and as easy as you think. And I believe his wrestling defense is very good. Uh, I believe I know he's a brand belt, but, you know, he's a brand belt, but, you know, I believe if the fight hits the floor, I'll train like a white belt. That's just the honest truth, to be honest. It can be, it can be a brown belt, a black belt, it doesn't matter. Uh, me on top, I'm a handful for anybody. So if I get on top of him, uh, I'll just train like a white belt. And, and he's a striker, but 
Tien, the most technical striker in the world. Uh, I believe my striking is better than his. You know, he's been chin. He's hit the canvas many, many times. I've seen him. I've seen him, him hit the canvas, inspiring, uh, live, live in fights. So I can expose him everywhere. I can expose him on the feet, and I can expose him on the floor. Plus, he's gas tank and the best. He's only got one run in him. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, Melvin is Melvin. What he brings is a uh, is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous uh, knockout power to the game. Yannick, really, really appreciate the time. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate the call as well. Thank you, buddy. So there we go. Brendan Lochnane in action. Friday, October the 11th, Mandalay Bay, live on ESPN in the States, live on YouTube here in the UK. Do not miss that one. Making his PFL debut against Matt Waggy. Really optimistic for what could be ahead for Brendan Lochnane. He's been one of the most talented fighters to come out of the UK uh, for quite some time. Now he's finally got his big chance. So looking forward to seeing how he gets on in the PFL. And that's that's on the Friday night. Then on Saturday, we turn our attention to Milan, Italy. Yannick Bahati. I mean, if you just heard that interview there, what a story this man has. Uh, incredible uh, adversity that he's had to face at such a young age and images that no one should ever have to see, let alone someone younger than the age of 10. So understandably, Bahati isn't that scared of things anymore and he's in there with a terrifying opponent but he's just going to go and face Melvin Manhoof head on see what he can do and uh, I think he fancies his chances of getting him down to the mat and finishing him on the ground with some of that grappling acumen that he has Uh, that'll be an interesting one striker versus grappler without any shadow of a doubt that's the kind of matchup we're looking at in the main event at Bellator Europe 5 in Milan, Italy. Huge thank you to Brendan. Huge thank you to Yannick. Uh, very grateful for for their candor and openness and being able to talk about all this sort of stuff. Um, I really do appreciate it, and um, you know it means a lot to be able to to tell their stories and uh, you know help people learn a little bit more about two of these British-based fighters who are looking to make an impact on the world stage. Check out their fights if you can this weekend. There's a whole load of MMA going on. If you're if you love MMA. You have got so much on your plate this weekend. We've got the PFL on Friday night. You can watch that live on ESPN or on YouTube. Then Saturday morning in the UK or late on Friday night, if you're uh, stateside, Rising 19. That's definitely worth watching. Yuri Prohaska taking on Fabio Maldonado in the main event. Two knockout knockout artists going head-to-head. That's going to be fireworks. You've got Kaya Asakura, the man who stunned Kyoji Horiguchi. He's back in there against Uka Sasaki. If he wins that, he's got to get a shot at Horiguchi's world title next. And you've also got four quarterfinal matches in the rising lightweight Grand Prix. Patriki Pitbull is in that field. Johnny Hollywood Case is in that field. Tatsuya Kawajiri is in that field. He takes on Pitbull. Uh, and uh, it's a strong-looking field. It should be a lot of fun. The four quarter-final matchups will be on the uh, the very top of the preliminary card at Rising 19. Definitely one to get up early for. Uh, I'll be covering that for MMA Junkie. So uh, definitely check that one out. You got Bellator Milan uh, in the evening European time. Then you got UFC Ioanni and Jacek versus Michelle Waterson at strawweight. The winner of that may well find themselves getting a shot at the, uh, the strawweight world champion, Weili Zhang. So that's a huge, huge fight down there. And that's not it, because on Sunday, one championship are hosting 
their twin card event, One Century. They're going absolutely all out for this. Two full fight cards featuring a host of world championship fights, tournament finales, Angela Lee's fighting Zhang Jingnan for the strawweight world title. We've got the finale of the lightweight Grand Prix. Christian Lee, the lightweight world champion, is stepping in to replace Eddie Alvarez against Daggy Arslanliev, who is an absolute killer. If you haven't watched him fight, definitely look out for him in a tournament finale. If Christian's not in his game, we could well see a new champion. We've got the Kickboxing World Grand Prix Finals. We've got all sorts going on on that card. That's going to run through much of the day on, on Sunday, so definitely check that out as well. So much MMA to consume in the next, in the next few days. Uh, send us a tweet at Simon Head. Let us know which events or which fights you're most looking forward to watching. Uh, interesting to hear what you guys are going to be watching and who you're going to be paying the most attention to. And uh, we'll be back sometime next week uh, with a little bit more on the headline. But until then, enjoy the fights, and there are loads of them. And I'll speak to you next week. <laughs>